Hallelujah. Appreciate the presence of the Lord today. Appreciate his working in our lives. Are you thankful and grateful for who he is and what he has done in your life? And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord thy God. I change not. Hallelujah. In this world where we have everything is changing, everything is up, I feel like it just everything's just thrown up in the, war, in, the, in the air, and we have no stability in a lot of, uh, even in our government, in, in all things around us, that things that we count on, there's no stability. But I'm glad we still have one thing that's stable. These, the Lord Jesus Christ is always stable, always on the job. Blessed be his holy name. We can always count on him. Back in uh, Hebrews 12, verse 14, just jumping off from that, says, Pursue peace with all people, and holiness without which no one can see the Lord. He's telling us to pursue peace. To me, that, that tells me that we can make a choice either to pursue peace or not to pursue peace. It is a command there, by the way. But it is a... And it, the peace, you know, it just jumped out at me this week. I don't know why not before, but not only are we pursuing peace for ourselves, but for others. If we're peaceful, if we have... God's peace within us that makes that that can be contagious if you're not getting all upset well let me just put it this way dads when you come home from a work day that's been let's be nice and say just trying your wife and your children know when you walk in the door what kind of day you've had if you're just, you know, all stressed out and so forth. Not so much anymore because Bridal is, is, I could tell when she was working full time what kind of day she had just by the way she walked in, just by the way she carried herself. You know what I'm talking about. Good day. Hey, how's everything going? I'm home. Well? Do you know what I'm talking about? And that I'm home mood means, uh-oh, everybody just kind of back up and give dad some room. Of course, the little ones don't understand that, so they go attacking him. But if we pursue peace, not only in ourselves, but for others, it's contagious. It's contagious. And I want to, uh, we started a little bit last week, but I want to continue on the, the armor of God out of Ephesians 6. 
So turn to Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm glad we don't have to be strong in the power of our might. His might never diminishes. Well, amen? His mark. He is the strong God. We sang about it. He's never, he's never weak. When I am weak, he is what? Strong. Blessed be his name. Continue. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of, of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers or authorities, against the rulers or the world rulers of darkness, of this, of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. The things we're fighting are not personalities and not people. We're fighting the things that are behind that. Too often we get mis misdirected in the fact that we come against the person that's being a ploy of the spirit behind them. The wickedness that's become the spirit that drives them. Let's continue. Verse 13, Wherefore, take upon you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil, or stand, withstand in the evil days, and having done all, to stand. I like the fact that all we need to do is stand. The Lord Jesus Christ has already won the battle. Well, he's conquered sin and death and hell. That's taken care of. So all we have to do is stand in his victory. Amen? Stand in his victory. Blessed be his holy name. Stand therefore having, on, having your loins girded with, with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness. That breastplate of righteousness actually, if you look at Exodus 28, uh, 4 through 30, we're not going to go there and do that. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's the breastplate of the priest. And we're to be what? Kings and priests unto God. This breastplate is not, is the priest's breastplate was uh, studded with 12 jewels representing the 12 tribes. We are carrying a a royal breastplate, if you will. Hallelujah. It's the breastplate of righteousness. And the breastplate is the thing that covers from like the waist up to the shoulders. It covers the vital organs. Can you understand what I'm saying? We are protected against the barbs and the threats of the enemy in the vital... That what keeps us alive. Understand? It's a protection for us. Let's continue on. And our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
the good news of peace. Above all, take on the shield of faith, whereof you are able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked one. And take or um, receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word or the spoken word of God. We talked last week, and we'll touch a little bit again today, but about speaking the word of God. Speaking the word of God to the situation that you're in. The word of God is more powerful than the situation you're in. Hallelujah. And it's, and it's more powerful than the, than the spirit that's behind the situation. Speak the word of God. Blessed be his holy name. When you speak the word of God, it is the power that overcomes whatever the situation is. It's more powerful than the situation. He's exalted his word. When, what did the Lord Jesus do after he was baptized and went into the wilderness? What did he do with all the temptations that the enemy gave him and threw at him? It is written. If the Lord Jesus used the written word as his defense, how much more do we need to do that? We're putting on the mind of Christ. We're having this helmet of salvation so our thinking is being protected from being bombarded by the things of the world. Hallelujah. We have a covering over our mind and our mind is being refreshed, being renewed in Christ. So we don't have to think the same way we used to think. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus and that includes your mind. Blessed Jesus. Don't accept the fact that, well, I'm getting old, so now I'm going to forget things. And You know, Brother Clark brought up Abraham. I don't read anywhere in the Word of God where Abraham forgot anything. or Ezekiel, or Jeremiah. Why? Because they walked and flowed in the Spirit of God. That's what renews your mind. That's what keeps your mind. When he talks about having a sound mind, it's a mind that's a right mind. And the root of it is to have a right mind. It's not just discipline, but a in-your-right mind. Praise God, I'm only 70. <laughs> Got it. Take that word, Lord. He was 75 when he started walking in the ways of the Lord. Started. He really begot the... Well, Brother Clark didn't know that, but we're going to Abraham today, too. So, uh, blessed be his name. I love it when the Lord knits these things together, weaves them together. Thank you, Holy One. Blessed be his name. Back to verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God, not just 
pieces, and uh, you know, just pick up a piece here and there, but the whole armor, that you may be able to stand against the wiles, against the cunning arts, the deceit, the crafty craft and trickery of the devil. For you're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities and the unseen world, or of the unseen world, against mighty powers of dark of this darkness, of this dark world, excuse me, against evil spirits in heavenly places. But Second Corinthians four ten says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of this world. But they are mighty to what? To the pulling down of strongholds. The greatest strongholds we have are right between our ears. The ways we have been all of our life, the way we have taken refuge to hide in our minds. So we can say, well, I can't do that because I've got this going on or I've got that going on or I've been hurt here or hurt there. So therefore, I, I can't. I've got an excuse not to do that. Well, be careful of, your, of the confession of your mouth. Your excuse may become a, if you confess it long enough, may become a reason. You didn't hear me. I said your excuse, rehearsed enough, can become a reason that you can't do it. Blessed be his name. According to the confession of your mouth, it shall be. Verse 13 out of the Philip's translation, it says, Therefore you must wear the whole armor of God, that you may be able to resist the evil in its day of power, that even when you have fought to withstand, you may be, still be able to stand your ground. We said this last week, there's nothing, all of the armor is in the front. There's no armor in the back. To me, that says that we're not supposed to turn tail and run. That our armor is stronger than, and the defenses that we have in and through his name are stronger than anything the enemy has. That's why he said, Lucifer said, I will exalt myself. He wanted to exalt himself up to where God was. Therefore, he was lower. And now he's a lot lower. Because he was cast out of the heavenly places. Blessed be his name. So when the Lord Jesus said, it is finished, he broke the power of Satan. The God of this world, was his power was destroyed. But he only has the power that you give him. But Pastor Chuck, Show me in the word of God where his word is stronger than the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
where his, has, his word has more authority than the word of God. You can't find it. Then why are we knuckling under? Why are we just accepting whatever Satan throws at us as gospel? Well, is it written? If it's not, ignore it. Well, obey his word. Brother Clark said it this morning. Patrick Clark said it this morning. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Well, I'm just still praying about it. I got to I got to feel it's right. I've got to get this Holy Ghost shiver to know that he's speaking to me. Or he has to talk to us in a loud, thunderous voice. No, most of the time he talks in a still, small voice. So therefore, we have to calm ourselves down, get ourselves peaceful and quiet before him so we can hear him. We've got so much noise going on in our lives that we can't hear him. See, let me just say it this way. The Lord is always speaking. He's always talking. The problem is we're not always listening. Well, that's still true whether you believe it or not. He's still, he always is speaking always showing us and telling us that he loves us. Mighty God. Mighty God. Verse 16 says, Besides this, take the great shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. What quenches the darks of his attacks? The fiery darts are, are like barbs, fiery barbs that he, he throws at us. It's not spears, it's just barbs. It's like darts. Ever, any ever, ever played darts? That's, that's what I picture. It's, it's a dart being thrown at you. It's not meant to kill you. It's meant to maim you, to impede your progress. Can you hear this? See, we, we think, oh, he would like to, Satan would like to destroy us, but that's only if we, in fact, lay all of our weapons down and allow him to. Well, bless you, Lord Jesus. Turn, if you would, please, to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis 15. Starting at verse 1. Now after these things, well, what things? You have to go back into 14, but just to summarize the things is that one, Abram went and with 300 men and delivered Lot, his nephew, from, I think it was four or five kings. I didn't, but anyhow, he just, he, with 300 men, he went against a multitude of an army 
and delivered Lot and all his possessions and all the possessions of the, of the kings that they had come and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. This is before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. See, that was the problem. See, Lot had, it's a whole other message, but Lot first chose, he was, Abr uh, Abram gave him the choice because they had so much cattle and so forth and they were interfering with each other. He says, all right, you take one side and I'll take the other. And Lot looked toward the plains where Sodom and Gomorrah was and they're good for the cattle. He said, he chose that. But the thing was, with Abram being the senior, he had the right to do the choosing. He relinquished it to Lot. After Lot separated him, he said, Abram, uh, God said, Abram, come here. Come to this mountain peak. Look to the north, to the south, to the east, and the west. I believe Lot went to the east. He said, everything you see, I'll give to you. Even the part that where he relinquished it to Lot. He said, that part's yours also. So Lot was, he rescued Lot. That's part of the, before these things, or after these things. And then he met this great priest named Melchizedek. Oh, God. Priest of the Most High God. I believe it really was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Because his description there and in Hebrews points me to that. Blessed be his holy name. There's arguments about that, but I'm not going to argue about it. All I know is that it says that he's the king of Salem and the priest of the Most High God. And Abram paid tithe to him of all that he had gathered. And he wouldn't keep all the king's stuff because his integrity said, I won't take what was not mine to begin with. And I won't let him say, I have made Abram rich. And by the way, this is all before he became Abraham, before he had a circumcision of the flesh, before he was changed, his name was changed. Let's continue on here. After these things, the word of the Lord, the word of Jehovah, the covenant-keeping God, the one who was and is and is to come, the ever-eternal the ever one, came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Galatians tells us, because we're, we are Abraham's seed by faith. To me, that says everything he has said about to and for Abraham is also ours. So if, if he was Abram's shield and great reward, guess 
who ours is. The same thing, put your name there. Chuck, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Thank you, Lord God. With him being my shield, what can an enemy do to me? Well, only what you let him. Let's continue. And Abram said, now it's a different name here. It says, Lord God. It's Adonai Jehovah. Adonai is the sovereign Lord. It's the name of the sovereign Lord. The, one, the Lord that is above all other kings and lords. If you want to say it this way, he's the top dog Lord. I know that's facetious, but you get the point. He's, that's his name of authority and power. All other sovereigns are subjected to him. Can you hear that? I am the Lord, Adonai, God. It's literally tr translated Jehovah. Again, I'm the everlasting one that will always be the chief and the sovereign God. That's who we're dealing with. That's who's making the promise. And his promise will never change. Blessed be his name. Abram said, Lord God, that's what he was rec who he was recognizing him to be. What will thou give me, seeing I have no children? And the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Again, I told you this before, but just remind you of the fact that if a, a prominent man, landowner, cattle, everything, died not having a male seed, his, all of his inheritance went to his chief steward, the one that was with him, and not only his servant, but helped him accumulate all that he had and so forth. All right? So that's what he's talking about. Verse 3. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but it shall be come forth out of thine own bowels. Oh, God, shall be thy heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look toward the, the heavens, the stars, are you able to number them? And he said, This shall be thy seed. Listen to this. And he believed. He believed. Oh, God. Hear me, please. He believed God. The word is to, uh, to stand firm, to trust, to be certain in the Lord and encounter to him as righteousness or for righteousness. Psalm 56.3 says, What time I am afraid... What time I stand in awe or in fear, reverence or honor, I will trust, have confidence to be secure in thee, in God, in Elohim, the creator God, 
all of God together that got together for creation and his, his relationship to his creation. I will praise his name. In, um, I will praise his, uh, his word. In God have I put my trust, and I will not fear what flesh can do to me. With God on your side, you don't have to fear what the ordinary boss is going to do to you. Well, don't have to fear what flesh will do to you. Not only outside flesh, but this flesh. We have power over it. Blessed be his name. 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the... Well, let me just back up. How many have been born of God? Show your hands. Don't be ashamed. How many are born of God? Okay. So if you're born of God, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Our adherence, our ability to say, I believe. I believe. I, I stand in, in faith believing. Blessed be his name. Verse 5 out of the Amplified. Who is, is it that, that is victorious, that is a con conquers the world, but he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on that fact. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Therefore, that is our defense. We adhere to that. We trust in that. We lay hold of that. And that is our, that's our defense and also our weapon. Well, mentioned this last week, but it says, Seek the Lord for who he is, not only for when we have a need. Seek the Lord for who he is, not for what we want or what we think we need. He already knows what we have need of. One of the biggest lacks in this country and in the Christian church is gratitude. People are not grateful for what God has given them. They don't take account of the fact that they have the, the roof over their head. They have the food on their table. All of it flows from him. Well, I work hard for that. Well, who do you think gave you the job? Well, I need a better job. Be faithful where you are there, and God will promote you. Do you thank God for your job? Or do you go on every day and say, oh, God, here we go again. Oh. Be careful. You may lose what you're not thankful for. Oh, God wouldn't do that. He's looking for people that are 
grateful to him. Grateful to him. There's not a week that goes by that Vidal and I are just go through a, a list of things we're thankful for, we're grateful for. That God gave us, you can't convince us that he didn't give it to us. Because there was no way we could have received that and enjoyed that without his giving it to us. Well, are you grateful for what condition you're in? Well, it, I don't know how else to say this, but you're going to stay in that condition until you become grateful for it. Has God left you? Are you a stepchild or anything? Are you still a child of the king? Well, if you don't like where you are, start thanking the Lord for where you want to go. Blessed be his name. When I was in the secular world, the Lord was always on my side. I always re received promotions and and. Uh, Raises and so and so forth because I was thankful for what I had. And so God blessed me for in a greater in a, in a tangible way. Let me just say it this way. I got stuff I didn't even ask for. Two out of the last three jobs, I got a car provided that I didn't ask for. Can you understand what I'm saying? I just, when they said, you know, my last employer said, here, go out and buy a car and I'll pay for it. He said, get it in this sort of range. I said, okay, fine. I can live with that. Can you hear what I'm saying? It wasn't, I wasn't even asking for a car. Can I understand what I'm saying? But God, because we were always and have been and still are always grateful for what he has given us, he heaped more on us. Can you hear what I'm saying? Blessed be his name. Let's continue here. We exercise a shield of faith by praying, saying, and doing. Speak the word of God to your situation. We pray about the situation. We thank God, we say, and we thank God for him intervening in it. 
and then we start walking like he's intervened. Well, blessed be his name. You have today what you have said in the past, and tomorrow you will have what you are saying and praying today, what you're thankful for. He gives us the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts. And I was asking the Lord several weeks ago, because he's been brewing this for a while in me, he says, what are the fiery darts? The enemy shoots darts like malice, wrath, envy, strife, greed, a poverty mindset, lust of any kind, hopelessness, which leads to depression and fear which comes from a lack of trust in the Lord. I know that's pretty tough, but that's the truth. Let's look at, cha- uh, at Romans chapter 8 a second. Romans chapter 8. Starting at verse 35. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or disease or distress, excuse me, persecution, famine or nakedness, peril or sword. Verse 37. Yea, in all these things you are more than conquerors. The, ter- the, the phrase really means to gain or a surprising victory. A surprising victory greater than you would have ever conceived. We are more than conquerors through him that loves us. Is not a stranger. Is not a detached God someplace where he's sitting on the throne and you're just a little, this little speck on the earth and, he, you know, oh, maybe I'll take pity on them. No, he loves you. He knows all about you. And he loves you anyway. Well, with all of our downsettings and uprising, he still loves us. Blessed be his holy name. Let's continue here. For I'm persuaded. Are you persuaded? That neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, or depths, or any other creatures shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is there anything that you think that could separate you from his love? Well... All this list. Even the, the results of the coming election cannot separate us from his love. Well, by the way, vote. Anyway. Blessed be his holy name. Nothing can separate us. 
what, what is nothing? Somebody give me a definition of nothing. You mouth something. No thing. No thing. Zero. Zero. Nothing. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you. Not distress, not disease, not anything. Nothing. What part of nothing do you not understand? And we go walking around with our legs tucked between us because we're having a hard time. So nobody loves me. Well, there's one that loves you. And his love never fails. Never diminishes. Never goes away. It's always the same. Always the same. He said, I love you with an everlasting love. First Thessalonians 5.15 See, then, uh, no one renders evil for evil to anyone but always pursue, always run after. Like, uh, the same word in, in 14 says, run over like, like your life depends upon it. That's the, the thought that's there. Pursue what is good both for yourself and for others. We're good about pursuing what is good for us, but what about for others? Can you be joyful that someone else got your promotion? Oh, Pastor Chuck. Well, blessed be his name. Jesus, we love you, my God. Second Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Turn to um, Matthew chapter 6 quickly here. Starting at um, verse 14, 14 and 15. For if we forgive men our, their trespasses, your heavenly Father will, will also forgive you. But if you forgive not then their, uh, their tresses, men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. What did Corinthians say about sowing and reaping? If you sow forgiveness, what are you going to reap? Forgiveness. Now, how many ever planted a garden or anything? John, I know you and Janet planted gardens and so forth and so on. So, if you planted three or four seeds, do you expect to have a hundred plants? What you sow and the amount you sow, yes, the seed will come up and produce more than just itself, 
But if you pl sow three seeds and you're expecting 15, that's not going to happen. You'll get three. What you sow, you shall reap. Sowing and reaping. So, if you sow forgiveness, you'll receive forgiveness. Back to my list. I didn't realize this until just this week. Of the, the lining up of how the Lord gave it to me. said, if you... Just stay with me here. It says, if you sow malice... You'll reap wrath. Understand what I'm saying? You sow envy, you'll reap strife. If you sow greed, to me, greed is really a fear of poverty. I have to gather up everything. Everything has got to come to me. I can't share it with anybody because I, I just won't have enough. What if I don't have enough? What if God blesses what you have? Well, blessed be his name. Lust after anything. Pardon me? Well, greed, I said, is the poverty. It's, I think is comes from a poverty mindset. You're afraid of being... Poor, so you gather up all you can, yours and anybody else's you can gather. Well, let's continue. Lust of any kind, that's pretty self-explanatory. If you give in to lust of the flesh, what are you going to reap? More lust of the flesh. Right? It's like Micah and I, when we, I introduced him to Lay's barbecue chips. And so I love those chips, but whenever I'm having lunch, I have a partner that comes, especially if I have barbecue chips. And I get one and he gets two. And he stays there until there are no more chips. I'm his buddy because I have the chips. Well, that's like once you start down the road of lust, you're going to continue to go there because it's never enough. Lust is never satisfied with a little bit. It's always, always got to have just a little more or just a lot more. Well, do not give way one inch to the lust of the flesh. It'll just breed more lust. Hopelessness, which leads to depression. Which basically, I think, is, is based on fear and lack of trust in God. 
And I know we can get in, into situations where everything seems like it's going wrong. And we can choose to accept that. Well, you've never been depressed. Really? You haven't walked in my shoes. I've told you before, there was a time when I was working with my brother that the IRS closed us and I ended up with a $200,000 tax bill and no way to pay it. And I went in there and said, this is what I have. Okay, and they said, oh, well, you're giving that tithe to your pastor. You can give us that tithe instead of the pastor. I said, no, I don't give it to the pastor. I give it to God. I don't know how I'm going to make your payment, but I'm not giving you tithe. Can you understand what I'm saying? And for seven years, I made those payments. For seven years, they took every one of my uh, tax uh, refunds, every one of them, for seven years. Until the time of limitation uh, went off. Except the state did, kept trying to get more out of me. They, and until I went there and said, wait a minute, limitation is over. He said, oh, yeah, I guess it is. I'd already, I kept paying for another three or four months and go, wait a minute, if IRS is done, shouldn't the state be done? Anyway, we didn't know what we were going to do. Here I am, the breadwinner. No job, except the Lord directed me very quickly to one. Listen to the faithfulness of God. I drove two weeks of unemployment in my whole life. And that's not because I'm so special. That's because he's special. Can you understand what I'm saying? We had to declare bankruptcy. Do you think that was a happy time? But I knew I refused to give way to depression because I knew who I serve, whose I am and who I serve. I knew God has always been faithful. Even in the midst of this, that was not my doing. not my doing. Understand what I'm saying? God, if you're in God's hand, no matter what you're going through, the optimum word is you're going through it. He already has a plan to bring you out. All you need to do is say, Lord, I don't see the plan, but I trust you to make it manifest to me. Or you can sit there and stew in your depression. And that's a downward spiral. Because then everything that comes your way that is negative becomes part of piling on that depression. And it makes, you, makes it hard to see positive things. Well, nobody liked that one, but I'm going to continue on anyway. Satan will tell you 
you can't afford to pay tithe. That's a barb. That's a fiery dart. That causes you to rob God, according to Malachi chapter 3. And causes you to rob him of what is rightfully his, his first fruits, his best, your best for him. In Malachi 3, out of the Amplified, it says this, For the man rob or default God, yet you rob and default me. But you say, in what way do we rob and default you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings, verse 9, and you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing God. Now, if you think I'm talking about tithing, or just about tithing, no, I'm talking about on a principle here. Anything God says that causes a curse to be on me, I'm going to stay away from that. Does it make sense? Well, I can't afford. I'll tell you what, I can't afford not to. One of the reasons we have been blessed because we've been faithful to do what he's commanded us to do. Well, God is faithful. You cannot give him. I've seen him do such you know, miraculous things lay it on somebody's heart and we had a need and we didn't let anybody know about it and they come and give me a Pentecostal handshake. For you that don't know what that means, is they shake your hand and there's a bill transferred from one palm to another. And by the way, it would be exactly what we needed. God knows what you have need of. But what he does demand from you, and let me continue reading here because there's another phrase here that's awesome to me. It said, bring all your tithes and offers, your ten, the whole tenth of your income into the storehouse that there may be fruit in my house. Prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts. Prove me if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and, and pour you out a blessing that you will not have room to receive enough of it. I see two facets there. Not only will he pour out a blessing on you, but the blessing he gives upon you, you'll be able to turn around and pour it out on somebody else. Can you hear this, please? And it also goes on and says, and I will rebuke the devourer, that which devours your income. Your car breakdown, your, your medical bills. What I, will do, I will cease, I will come against what, that which steals away your income. If you will trust me. There have been times when 
I have to confess, we couldn't afford the time. But the next week, we paid it back. Oh, we forgot. Hello. Like today, we forgot to write the tithe check. <laughs> but I know who collects the money, so they will have that. Well, full disclosure, how much do we trust him? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. I'm going to quickly hit this and... Starting at verse 5 of the Amplified. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight and, or understanding. His ways are so above our ways, we never could figure it out. You know, just a simple illustration. I don't know how, I don't know what happens, all what happens when I go in. I don't even have a key in my, for my car anymore. I just go in and push a button, and it starts up. I have heated seats and heated steering wheel. Oh, I love that. I don't even turn it on. When it gets a certain temperature, they turn on. I'm going, what? How do you do that? Well, there's a switch. When it gets to the low temperature, it'll turn it on. I'm saying, how does that actually work? I enjoy it. I can't explain it, but I accept it. But we like to want to figure out how God's going to do it wanted all the details and say, so we can decide whether we're going to believe it or not. Well, can I trust God's plan? That's what it really boils down to. Can I trust his plan? Like you've got a better one? Well, we want to okay his plan. It doesn't need our okay. Let's continue. Verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct, he shall make straight and right your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear or stand in awe of the Lord, Jehovah. And depart from evil. And, uh, and depart from evil. It shall be health. It shall be healing to your... Uh, navel or to your uh, muscles and sinews and moral or moistening to your bones. Honor, glorify, uh, glorify the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of thy incre increase. And so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall be burst out with new wine. got to hear what I'm saying. You can take this and say, oh, he's just wanting more offerings and so forth. No, I'm trying to help you. 
and learn how to trust in Him. And the biggest area where we don't trust Him is in our finance. And God's got it covered. I used to resist this and say, I once was young and now I'm old. I used to hate to admit the fact that I'm old, but my kids keep reminding me of that and my grandkids. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. That's his promise. That's his word. Never see them begging bread. Blessed be his holy name. Philippians 4.19, we're about to circle and land here. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What are the extent of his riches? What is, how big is the pile of money that he has? Or let me go in better. What is the size of the pile of gold he has? Do you think you could outspend that? Well, I can get a shot at it. No. What, he supplies all our needs according to his riches. Therefore, his riches are greater than all your needs. Do you have faith in that? John 10.10. The thief comes not but to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Lord dropped this in my heart this week also. It says, for the thief comes but to steal... And he just dropped in my heart as strong. He says, not only to steal financial things, but to steal our relationship with the Lord. That's what he wants. He could care less about your finances. He wants your relationship. To kill, steal, and destroy. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Are we doing or holding on to anything that would prevent you from having abundant life? Are you hanging on to malice or unforgiveness or whatever it may be that would prevent you from having abundant life? Let's stand, please. Holy One, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we ask truly that you cause this word to sink deep within our hearts. And Lord, that we can trust in you. No matter what the situation is, you are the answer of it. So we thank you, my God, for this. And Lord, that help us, my God. Where we are, give, give us strength, give us faith, my God, to trust in you. 
And Lord, search our hearts. Come, O Holy Spirit, and speak to us even now. Areas, my God, where we have not been trusting you. We have areas where we, we need to release or, uh, and, or embrace, my God, whatever the case may be, in order that we have abundant life. Lord, too many of us are just eking through life. And your promise is abundant life. Lord, help us not live below your desire for us. Search our hearts, O Holy One. Speak to us. In the holy and matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Lord bless you.